Underground. Yeah, I like Bubblicious. I was always a Hubba Bubba man myself. <laughs> oh, I think Hubba Bubba was the first gum that uh, they made a big deal about it not sticking. Really? Like, you know, other bubble gum, you would blow it and it would stick to your face. Yeah. But Hubba Bubba was like the first one where the, the big deal in the commercial was it doesn't stick oh. to your face. Wow. Bazooka Joe was so hard. The Bazooka Joe gum is not the reason that you get into the right. Bazooka Joe. No you one's get like, the prizes. Yeah. Did you ever get a prize? The prize, it's a comic, right? That's all No, no. Up. You would you would collect them and send them away. Oh, no, I never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I got a camera from yeah, it. I got too. a bunch yeah. of really cool things. I never used that camera though. I got the camera, but you, it was just all about getting the camera. Yeah, it was about getting it. Like six like, like months. most gifts as a kid, like you just want everything, but like I used half of it. Yeah, I'll tell you guys, I was too busy laughing my head off at those hilarious comics to send off for anything. <laughs> I would laugh so hard that I would fly back, and you would just see like a puff of smoke, and then my shoes and my pants sticking into the. I guess you might call that my legs. <laughs> my extremities. Yeah. But... That's funny. You know, Bazooka Joe wore an eye patch, and they never told that story. Maybe that's your story you should be writing. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we should say this is exciting. We're all in the same place. I feel like I've hung out with you guys more recently than I really have. Yeah. I feel that... like we. Yeah, I feel like we've like we've seen each other, haven't we? Maybe at a screening or something. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But I mean, what I'm sitting here when we record those phoner episodes. I'm sitting right yeah, here. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it's weird for me to be like, it's as though now I'm hallucinating. You know, <laughs> maybe you are. My my insanity has completed itself. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that our phoners still have the spirit of our dynamic. Yeah. In it. The only challenge with those is is just not talking over one another. Yeah. That's the only thing, yeah. and like, there's always that like weird delay, like where like I, like one of us will cut right at the same time that the yeah. other one's going to speak. I think for the most part, we did a pretty good job. Yeah. Well, the good thing about it being three separate tracks is that then I can edit around them. Sure. So if, sure. I, if I catch those, it's not hard to just nudge everything I've noticed. Up. I've noticed but, in some but, of the But edit. there were a couple of points still where I was like, I left in a pause just because it felt like life. But then I would listen yeah. to it, and I'm like, this is a weird kind of dead air that we don't normally have. Because we <laughs> don't normally weird. just sit here and stare at each other. You know yeah. what? Because on the phone, you're checking to make sure that no one else is about yeah. to say anything. Right, right, right. But the cool thing about it being separate, this is really inside. But the cool thing about it being separate tracks is if you talk over, mm. it really doesn't matter as long <clears> as the person who's still making their point finishes their point right. what sucks is when one person starts talking over and then one then the other person trails off before they finish and then the person that was talking over stops making their point because they didn't want to talk over and so there's this weird little fizzling <laughs> yeah and you're like i know and i'll be listening back to it going i know what they both were about to say and i wish one of them had said it yeah <laughs> it sounds like when you watch those movie uh, those interviews on like cnn and like don lemon's talking to somebody mm-hmm. and, and the guy says something really powerful like and that's why I don't wear pants. That is powerful stuff. And then, like, and then he pauses, and then he pauses. He's like, "Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Right. That's yeah. that's. Thank you. Yeah, thank it's got you that for time you. delay. It's a weird yeah. delay that I like that your example of something powerful is. That's why I don't wear. That's pants. That's why I don't wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's it, it it works out really well though. I'm glad that we get to do those in between. Well, yeah. it will definitely help us with some of those these big movies that we go see. 
and we don't have a plan to record anytime soon. We right. we should be able to get in uh, more more episodes about big movies that we see before they come out, if Definitely. possible. That's exciting. Definitely. So that that's exciting. And you know, um, it's become very unpredictable because now we're doing another like three weeks in a row. We're in the middle of that, or we're yeah. I guess we did last week. Yeah. So it's an exciting time to be a movie fan. I think. Plenty of product. Yes. <laughs> Plenty of product. But we actually don't have a lot of time to do this episode, so let's not spend the whole episode talking about our last episode and how we recorded on the <laughs> More phone. importantly, this episode yes. is right. episode 159. Nine. Really? Yep, yep. 59. Up top, my brothers, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. One more. <laughs> I was going for Ronald. <laughs> there it is. Complete it. Complete I didn't mean to steal it. it. I got the whole collection. Yeah, uh, well, I'm John. I'm Ron. And I'm Steve. And we're tonight, I think we're just going to catch up on movies we're we've seen so much. Fu- on, on movies, yes, it's true. Catching up so much. Catching up so much. Um, but on movies that we've seen since, I guess the last new one we all saw together was uh, Batman. But I know we've all mm-hmm. seen some movies since yeah. then. So. Yeah. So anybody uh, seen anything they want to just kind of throw out there yeah. right away? What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I want to talk about some ones that we didn't see. That yeah. I don't yeah think, why, don't, uh, why don't Why don't you throw out the yeah, ones you, that just you saw? Okay. Uh, and we'll kind of come. Jane out. wants a boyfriend. Um, that is starring some people that I do not know. Um, and the basic plot is that. But it was so good. Yeah, it was about a, uh, two sisters. Um, the younger sister has Asperger's, and. Um, She's I, a, I also always laugh when I hear that. I, as, I'm glad that Ronald no, said it, know, John laughed, and then I felt but fine But it's, it's Asperger's. You flat out said Asperger's. <laughs> That's the best part is that I know I know it's okay for me to laugh now because Ronald just said Asperger's. Like, it was, uh, like, like, as, Asperger's. Yeah. As, as, Asperger's. Asperger's. But she has, yes. uh, she's... Uh, it's very serious, and yeah. we're awful people for laughing about it. <laughs> and and it's basically about um her her sister kind of wants independence and she's she's functional in terms of like she can work and things like that but they are she has some mental breakdowns and she kind of falls in love with somebody <laughs> sorry <laughs> I know, I know, I should be over it by now. But I, I, the phrase "Asperger's," you couldn't. We did not pay enough attention to it. You couldn't come up with a funnier, stupid combination of words. Uh, I'm sorry, because now I'm thinking like, if somebody say, "Man, she's got Asperger's," what would that even mean about a person? That could be a compliment, actually. Oh I know this is late. I know this is a joke we all made in our heads when we first heard of this condition like ten years ago. Right. But I'm saying just now, I'm just just dealing with. It. It's a pretty funny. Uh, it's a pretty funny combination. It's a funny image. Funny of laughs. Oh god, man. Oh, but sorry. oh, it has. It does have Eliza Dushku. Cool. And I haven't seen her in anything in a very long yeah, time. Yeah, she's kind of been missing. Yeah, she's kind of been missing, but it, it's a good story. Just seeing she falls in love with kind of a mutual friend. <laughs> as soon as my nose flared, yeah, Ronald lost it. <laughs> I tried to fight it because you're being so serious right now. <laughs> she falls in love with a mutual Poor friend. <laughs> it's a good movie. <laughs> We're apparently ten years old. Yeah, okay. cumulative. All right. Yeah, let's skip me. We'll come. Back. We'll come back to me. I saw some yeah. other movies, but what else? So that was Jane. That oh, was Jane wants a boyfriend. Jane wants a boyfriend. Jane wants yeah. a, oh, you want me to go? Yeah. Give, give us a couple more that you saw that okay. maybe we didn't see. Uh, Hardcore Henry. Oh, how was that? Um, so don't look for an amazing story in this movie. Okay. It's it's a very fun fun movie. I mean, Is it? Was it too much? Did, did no. your eyes get used to it? 
Because I, I, that's I, actually a really good. I question. get a little like agitated just watching the trailer. You get a little queasy. Yeah. There, there's some angles that I've just haven't thought of. Like mm-hmm. when somebody goes under a car or something like that, and it's kind of peeping around a tire. Just things yeah. that are visually amazing things. Is it a whole lot of that for an hour and a half, or is it just like, is there actually a narrative that is worth airing out over an hour and a half? There's a narrative. It gets a little wonky around okay. the third act. It gets crazy. Okay. I mean, and there there are a lot of really cool things that they do to kind of keep you interested. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's a fun movie to watch. I mean, like I'm definitely intrigued by. It. I definitely want to see it. And I remember being, I don't know if it was a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo that they yeah, did for yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like even that short that they had out before that and what they released for that campaign. Not being like a gamer, like this first person, right. you know, view that a lot of gamers like have been that a lot of the coverage the movie's gotten is about right. that. Like, I don't really have much relation to that. So, some of those smaller things, like the short that it was based on and the, and the longer cut they put out for the Indiegogo campaign, like that almost felt like enough for me. It was a lot. Like, like I, I don't, I don't have any issue with like the first person, like shaky cam, like it doesn't yeah. make me uneasy or like sick or whatever, like <laughs> some people I know. But well, 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 like uh, I don't well, know. I, but I'm just curious. I, I, like, I if just wondered enough. if I could watch a whole movie up. When I was watching the trailer, yeah. I was like, "Could I watch this for 90 minutes?" Is what uh, I. Yeah, you will I, be, I get you. You man, if if a little bit of the shaky cam bothers you, you will be. It wasn't. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't so much that it bothered me. That it's just that I, I, I. It was enough to make me go like, okay, would this would this get to me? It's know? a fun movie, man. Yeah. It, it, and it's an experiment that. Now that I'm seeing it, I can tell that somebody's going to do something with it eventually. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to... I think that for the vehicle that it was, you know, that it used, it, the story was okay. You know, a lot of people thought it was kind of a ridiculous thing, but I, I thought it was fun. I Would I go see it again? Man, you know what I realized? This is the first movie I've ever seen where I regretted seeing it on a huge screen. Oh, really? It made me feel crazy. Like, I was... There were points where I kind of had to like look down, look down, and kind of put my my hand on my head. I was wow. like, "Man, this is crazy," because there jumps yeah. and crazy things like that, like jumping on somebody's back and yeah. then running after someone because you you concentrate on somebody's somebody else's body. It's like you're in somebody's head, mm-hmm. and I know that some of the moves are like very exaggerated so that you feel like that's you. And definitely, I get, but it's a it's a crazy movie to watch, honestly. Cool. So that, um, Barbershop, The Next Cut, good movie, touches on some recent stuff, everything that's going on with like Trayvon Martin and all the people that have kind of been victimized by cops and the craziness in Chicago. Um, it still remains kind of fun and good in a way still. Um, yeah, the reviews for it have been Yeah, I did good. not realize that consistently, if you look on Rotten Tomatoes, all the barbershops yeah. are at least a 70. They're, yeah, they're well-received. Yeah, films, really yeah. well-received. This is in the 90s, right? This one? Yeah, I think that, yeah, yeah, the new one is in the 90s. Everybody that I know that I've seen it has has enjoyed it. It's a good movie. And, and thought it was pretty funny. Um, And the last one <clears> that <throat> I don't think all of us have seen <clears throat> is uh, Eye in the Sky. Mm, I want to see that Man, one. Man, Eye in the Sky does something that not very many movies do. It takes a political sort of setting and military setting and makes it one of the most palatable storylines ever. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's a really complex idea, but they simplify it in a way that I've never I've never seen such a smart movie tackle this in a way 
I mean, do you know? Uh, did they give it out away in the trailer? What What does the trailer kind of convey? Because I don't know how much. You know, I I try I try not to watch. Okay, trailers. I'm not gonna say much about it, but no, no. I mean, I mean, well, I'd like to hear in terms what you of think. The story, so, yeah. but I'll say like once once the stakes are kind of presented and all the parties are involved, you would think that it would stop there in terms of the tension, but it doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. It, you know, when when somebody's when war is so dirty and terrible. And you wanna you wanna stomp out the enemy, but when other issues get involved, people that aren't quite involved in the situation get thrust into the situation. It changes everything. Mm-hmm. And I like that. And I've never seen a movie that tackles this. One person is basically in between a horrific thing happening. Right. One person, mm-hmm. and it's nice to see on some level that there is a situation where that could happen. Cause you think about collateral damage all the time, like as a human being, but you don't see it kind of played out on screen and it's done in such a smart way. And I, I think it's one of the best movies I've seen in a very long time, especially when it comes to like war, because I think that stuff's very hard for the, I'm not in the military. I don't know how you guys feel about like, um, any of that stuff. Any any anything that happens in the this, military. This movie specifically has a lot to do with like drone strikes, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and that's a especially kind of <clears throat> sensitive issue now, just into the present, the new presidency, and and what I don't really, I've only seen drone strikes in like small bits, and to see what goes into it, even if it's like a fictionalized version of it, it's nuts. And it seems like there's some accuracy to it from what I've been reading, like just the way that it's tackled, how they go about it. Like there's there's like an equation for collateral damage. Is it worth it and all that stuff? And and seeing it all kind of work out <clears throat> in a way right. that's so intense, and and the circumstances are changing very quickly, mm-hmm. and you're you're just sitting and watching it develop is is amazing, man. It's it's almost like the best thriller you could probably imagine. Uh, it's like a best case scenario because I hate shitty predictable thrillers and this was a really well done one so well no I, i'm intrigued by it i just ha- didn't make it out to see it yet so yeah. i would definitely i was gonna say with the i haven't seen it yet but I, it's definitely on my radar but there was a movie that came out i, I think it, it seems was, like a pun that's it oh my it's radar, on your radar. Yeah. <laughs> drone. Sure, okay yeah i like whatever. it um i thought I, it was about amazon like overnight <laughs> delivery <laughs> or same day delivery that would be the best movie yeah. ever yeah I don't know if it was 14 or 2015. I don't know when mm-hmm. I saw it, but there's a movie that Andrew Nichols did that was um, with Ethan Hawke called A Good Kill. Oh, I which remember is like, uh, the name. I never it's like saw it. it's basically. It seems like this is a little more focused <clears throat> on like the ethics of it and the morality of it for like a man who's doing it from like a bunker oh, okay. in Idaho or something. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And like how it affects his life and his morals and like what he thinks military is and what it meant to him when he was actually in the field oh wow but a really good movie if you liked i i in the sky from what it sounds like it seems like something that you would would be right up your alley especially because that's so fresh yeah. in your mind i would definitely recommend checking okay. that out it's really good um so I, so of the ones you just said which ones are geheads um i in the sky and hardcore henry yeah, all of them are geheads. they're all geheads. they're all geheads. wow now i would say see hardcore henry in the theater just so it's such a unique experience i don't know how it's going to translate at home mm-hmm. but it's a fun movie man i is it man that's the, the question is it good is the question yeah. um sometimes i think that art art and the experience 
kind of trumps that in a way. Like well, you have more to experience, com- definitely. I yeah, think, I you, agree. You, ha- you kind of have to experience something like this because it's so unique. Rank it, um, rank it on the uh, bug nuts to bat shit, uh, Charlotte Copley acting bad shit. scale. Bad shit, Cause, because they do they use this so, vehicle. I don't want to give it away, but they do this thing to. <sighs> he's in the movie more than you would expect, and he's nuts. He's fu- like even if he's only in a little bit of a movie, yeah. he's such an over actor that he's in a lot of the movie. <laughs> you well, know what I mean? It's worse than this one because they do something very specific that would make him overact. Oh. It's it's it 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 calls for overacting. Did you listen to the the uh, I think it was the Nerdist episode with yeah. him on it? Really cool. Episode. I like that. I guy, love man. listening to him. I love him, but I feel like since District Nine, I haven't quite seen him in a role that feels really. Like it's un- like there's any control. Well, I don't know. I guess no, eighteen. Was, he was kind of. Neither I kind of thought, thought he was. Yeah. He was good in the yeah. other one, right? That was the one that kind of had the same. T- the he the was the ship. he was the bad guy the in Elysium. Uh, oh yeah, Elysium. Matt Matt Damon. Yeah, Elysium. Elysium. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was okay in Elysium. I called it Elysium. <laughs> it sounds like a a medicine. Yeah, Elysium. Elysium. Well, um, before we get to, I know we're going to talk maybe about a couple of bigger movies that we maybe all saw. Are we going to mm-hmm. talk about one of those at some point? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll throw out one John's more small getting, one. John's getting nervous. No, I'm just looking at the clock. <laughs> I'm just, for the first time ever, we're actually on a clock for this. Um, uh, but uh, I saw a movie that is interesting to me purely because we've been talking a lot about Netflix, and we always talk a lot about Netflix. Mm-hmm. Just what they're doing, what their model is. But there's a movie on there now called Hush. Did you see Hush? Yeah, yeah, I watched. I did it. not see it? Hush yet. And it's I an. Want in, to. Don't you think that's an intriguing thing? The notion of these kind of small scale horror films being made with the same kind of imprint that Netflix can make something with, which was a certain level of polish. But like, it doesn't look like they put more money into Hush than they should have. You know, but it feels about right for the subject matter. I wasn't blown away by the movie itself. Right. People should know it's a it's a kind of home invasion horror film with an oh. interesting twist. I like home invasion. Um and it horror. finds it, it's got a few scenes that I can see what they what their inspiration might have been because okay. it centers around a deaf woman who doesn't who you know and and basically the killer who's stalking her knows that she's deaf and starts using that against her in some kind of creepy ways. Oh wow. Um, but I don't know. I, I was more commenting on it because it was an interesting thing. It was like a made-for-TV movie, essentially, but it was it somehow didn't have the stink of direct-to-video horror because it was Netflix kind of putting it forth as a Netflix production. No, I think they bought it. Oh, they, they bought, bought it. They bought it at oh. a festival. But, but like, it, it, I think it went that route, though, where, like, it, it was like one of those Blumhouse, you know, Jason Blum produced films where they they're, it's a micro-budget anyway, mm-hmm. you know, but it is kind of fitting into that mold where I think they probably thought, you know, this could be a movie that Netflix Netflix could put out. And Netflix has been buying tons of movies at these yeah. festivals, like, and Amazon also. Yeah. But, no, I know what you're saying. It, do, it does feel like it fits into that mold that Netflix is, like, there's a level of quality, but it's not as, like, I don't know, as polished as some other things that might be that. Right, it didn't feel the like theaters. a theatrical release. Exactly, agree. But it didn't feel like just... I mean, I guess if, knowing that if it was maybe at a festival and it was purchased that way. Yeah, I don't way, know like, where. I, I want to say it might have even been like South by Southwest. or yeah. I don't know where it was, but I know when they got announced and when it was coming out was within like three months or four months of, oh. of, it, of each other. So it, it was recent. But um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, like yeah. I, I didn't love it, but I uh, I really liked the uh, John Gallagher Jr. after seeing him in 10 Cloverfield Lane. Mm-hmm. I didn't even recognize him, like without like the beard and the hat on. He he was the guy, the, yeah, the yeah. home invasion guy, and he was um, creepy. Like they, they yeah, did some just, interesting things with that character. <laughs> the story is just 
but simple oh, in terms totally, of like totally. is that a saying do people say are butts <laughs> yep, simple, you just but, did it. simple. Well, butts are yeah i mean they they can be involved in complicated shenanigans but yeah. they themselves are simple um but it it, it does it, i guess what it just did what it like it had a nice sort of production design the house that you know you get a real sense of the geography of the house mm-hmm. and i thought the way they handled the relationship between the character and the killer it was the, it was that game of cat and mouse that i've complained about in other movies where someone's just kind of toying with someone but in this movie i felt like it was a little bit more even handed in terms of the way it went back and forth you know yeah. I, I i didn't feel like this woman <clears throat> was just totally outmatched it felt like oh she might she might be able to think her way out of this you oh, know okay. um but it I do think the performance of the guy. I didn't know. It's odd. I didn't recognize him at all without the beard either. Yeah. You know, but um, like a shaved head. Yeah. No, and there was there's one scene in particular with between him and another character that shows up that I think was probably one of the the best moments in the film in terms totally of the agreed. tension it sets up. And I think that that actually like some of the criticism you have about some of those scenarios that the cat and mouse thing, like where only one of the people are vulnerable. Like yeah. I feel like the scene you're talking about, you see how stoppable this guy is you know you know like he's not flawless he's not he's not impenetrable like they make a point to actually there's something that the guy says that makes you realize like oh she really did just yes like yeah yeah well you know i don't want to spoil and then there's one other thing that the movie does there's like a scene that turns out to be sort of a nightmare or a fantasy that when i didn't know for sure that it was one i was thinking what Am I watching? Yeah, it's like the and it's a, it's a danger. So I want to say to anyone out there thinking about making a movie where in the midst of it the person has like a fantasy or a nightmare of what might happen, and then you you find out it didn't. Don't do that if it might make the movie seem like it's about to become a million times more interesting. Because if that had happened, <laughs> oh my I God. really was wondering like what, what is, happens now. Are we yeah. going to follow this other? Per- you know, so yeah. I, I, it's it's impossible to have any fun talking about a movie when you're trying not to say anything about it. But the thing I'm talking about is just one of those things. You, if you see the movie, you'll know it. There's mm-hmm. a point where you go, "What's going on?" Oh, it's a it's a nightmare kind of thing. Oh. But but there's but for for half a second, I was just thinking, I've never seen a movie do this. I know this movie has 20 minutes left or whatever, and I don't know how it would have been a movie. Yeah, yeah no, totally. Would, would the guy have just gone home and like made himself a sandwich or something? <laughs> but um, so yeah, I mean, I would say if you like horror and if you've been if you've ever done what I've done and watched every horror movie in the video store. Uh, you know, and wondered what else was out there. This is on Netflix. It's super easy to watch. I was wrong about Netflix producing it, but it does, as Steve said, it does have that sort of, it's at that level. It's the right mm. investment. If you've got 90 minutes and you're going to, you know, crash after that, this is a good little uh, creepy film with, yeah, with you know, some fun. memorable moments in yeah, it. Definitely. And I think it also was written or co-written by the actress in it, which I think gives the the character a little bit of oomph. Like, it's not the it's not your usual woman being terrorized by a man kind of story. There's a little bit more of a give and take. So, oh, wow. so hush on Netflix. Yeah, it's from the it's from the director that did Oculus, if anybody's seen okay. it recently, which was actually pretty good. I oh. guess that's what made me think that Netflix had produced it because I saw that person's name and I thought, oh, that movie was reasonably well received. So well, it seems like yeah. that's the kind of filmmaker Netflix would go into business with. Sure, you know? yeah. sure. But if, they, you know, heck, if they're just going to buy more films at festivals and you're going to see them sooner than you might have otherwise, I'll, I'll take that model too because a movie yeah. like that usually gets a slow rollout at festivals or something and then it's a it's a while before you ever see it. You know, it's funny, like just kind of a little, a little aside real quick, I just wanted to share with you guys. Speaking of like the Netflix buying stuff up, mm-hmm. there's a really interesting interview that is on the, uh, I think it's on the Birth, Death, Movies or Birth Movies Death uh, podcast, not a podcast podcast, okay. mm-hmm. where they were interviewing the COO of Draft House Films about the movie we talked about last episode, The Invitation. Oh yeah, okay. and about like how when they saw that film at a festival, like they're they're a really small studio, and like he basically said that 
you know, they, they don't ever really go over a million dollars when they're buying properties. And they had an idea of what they wanted to buy the invitation for. But long story short, it, it came down to them and Netflix. And it was this back and forth because normally Draft House was saying that they never buy a property where they don't have all of the rights to it. And Netflix wanted the streaming rights. So this is and, – and, and with, the, with the invitation, they ended up agreeing on splitting the, you know, the purchase of this film. But he said, you know, the interesting thing is, is that the streaming rights are so valuable that in that deal alone, Netflix paid five times what Draft House paid to be able to handle the theatrical, the DVD, the Blu-ray, iTunes, all that stuff. The only thing that Netflix has is the Netflix piece. But they make so much revenue from that that they're willing to pay five times the movie, mm. five, five times the, the, the value of a purchase what? to have it. And they were trying to buy the movie outright, but the filmmakers wanted Draft House to release the movie for them because, uh, what is it, is it Karen Kusama? Like, she's, like, really tight with them, apparently. And it was really cool just to hear, like, I, I'm always, like, super intrigued by the business side yeah, of this yeah. distribution. Mm-hmm. To hear how valuable that shit is. And then he went on talking about how Netflix and Amazon are now super present at these festivals and just buying up, like, four to five times the amount of movies than any other studio are wow. because they have the money from those distribution streaming rights, mm-hmm. which is why they know in the back end they're getting like tons, of, which is why they can pay whatever they pay for that new Will Smith, uh, David Ayer movie that they yeah. like greenlit. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, was it like 50 or 60 or $80 million for yeah. a Netflix original movie? But it's really cool. Like if you want to check, I'd recommend listening to yeah, that or anybody out there interested yeah. in that bit. The guy was very transparent, and uh, I guess Draft House, the Birth Cast, Movie Cast, Death ha, Cast, ha, yeah, podcast, whatever it's called, Podcast, yeah. whatever. Like I guess they have a yeah. they have a like they're they own that site or whatever. They they're a part of that whole mm-hmm. network. So I guess that's how they got them on there to talk about it. Mm. Yeah. But very cool stuff. I mean, see, I don't I don't mind that model. If long, as long as Amazon and Netflix aren't doing this in this – like as long as it doesn't become that kind of hubris where they're gobbling things up and there's no place for them or they don't really intend to release them yet or they're sitting yeah. on them or whatever. Right, because right. that's what bugs me about when indie films are purchased, you know, is that it's like, oh, it's been in the festivals. You heard about how great it is and now it's a year and a half. You'll, you might see this movie, you know, because it has to fit into somebody's release slate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As long as they're going to be like the, the clearinghouse that they've been. I mean, I think we commented on this in a recent, uh, we were talking about it on Facebook and our, you know, we were just messaging about it. Netflix, how they managed to have an event pretty often now like every time yeah. you finish watching a netflix series and you think oh i just binge watched that i wonder what else they have within a week or two there's something else you've heard of or remember well or something it's coming really out so as, as long as they keep that kind of going where it's like they're getting stuff and putting it out i think that's a cool model yeah but if it turns into a thing where you heard a movie was purchased by netflix and there's no immediate plan to make it available right. or it's you know what i mean if it, if it just seems like it's greed but i like that notion of like they're acquiring why wouldn't they want to own it if they're going to be serving it to yeah. people for you know in, in perpetuity well, and, th- and, and that's like the and that's the whole like like object of their <clears throat> effort is that they get it at the beginning Instead of at the end, mm-hmm. yeah. because at the end they are paying like a like when they buy rights from like TV series or whatever, they're paying so much money, but so much of the streaming revenue is already gone, uh, you know, because it was somewhere else or whatever it might right, be, right. which is why like you know you see titles come in and out of rotation on these streaming services because they get the new ones, mm-hmm. they got to make room for them and they got to make the money back on whatever they purchased it for. But the benefit of it is that there really isn't a need for it to fit into a a, a studio's slate. 
yeah. for like marketing or counter programming or whatever because as Netflix grows its customer base, which is growing exponentially every quarter, they can they could really just fucking put the movie out whenever they want to do it. Right. Like Hush being an example, I don't know the numbers on like how many people it's you know how many streams they get for it. But like I said before, like they put that movie out a number of months after mm-hmm. they bought it and it was ready here. Just take the movie, put it out. Yeah. Because people will means. find it, you know. It, it's it's not the kind of thing where it's only going to be in theaters for a week or two because that's what a that's what a, a theater will support or that's what a studio can support with prints or whatever. It's there. Mm. find it watch it when you can and then they make money yeah it's just it's it's really interesting it's, and it with is. the invitation being something we talked about hearing that little tidbit was like super interesting to me mm-hmm. that that they they know they're gonna make that much money off of it that they paid four to five times what the actual studio that yeah. released it paid wow I, it's crazy i just wish that when it came to netflix's new release stuff that it was a little more like apparent what was new Sometimes, sometimes you mean like I, on the site. Yeah, like sometimes the, I'll go to the, the site. Apps or and I'm like, this isn't new, and then something that's brand new, I don't find all the time. You mean like new to their content? New to their or content, or new as in like, like chronologically? Uh, new like, to their like content, I think. And it, and it's just it's just a little harder sometimes. Yeah. Like it, it is really like a pool of. It's like going to a bargain bin of. That's true. Fucking that's true. Best Buy, you so you find amazing it, yeah. movies, but like. Man, it'll say that something's new that's been out for like a year. I'm like, mm-hmm. how's this in the new release? I, yeah. It's it's like, I don't know. It's weird, man. We're gonna be talking about a lot of movies in the next year mm-hmm. that are movies we're saying go watch it on Netflix tonight. You yeah. can watch it right now. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. It's and it's cool. Yeah. By the way, I checked off. and uh, and Hush was uh, co-written by Kate Siegel, who played oh, the, okay. the lead. The, the so, lead actress, okay. um, but yeah, I mean, I just feel like there's 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 got to be. I'm sure at some point this will change the definition of what a theatrical release is or what yeah. it takes to be a theatrical release. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, definitely. What a studio is going to be able to say we're going to justify putting the money behind releasing it this way if yeah. there's a way to make money off of streaming it or off of selling yeah. it to Netflix or something like that. I just wonder what that's going to mean about the multiplex in 10 years. Are you going to see any of these smaller films uh, in big theaters or is it just going to be five screens of, you know, uh, whatever, you know, Batman versus Superman 7? I hope that it changes it the way that like <clears throat> music has changed, kind of in the way that release schedules are done. I think that the the rollouts that used to exist that that I mean I I think rollouts are a little dated, and planning two years ahead of something or a year and a half ahead of something I, is feels weird to me now, especially since things come out more frequently. Mm-hmm. I understand that there's there's money to be gotten. Fake announcements and stuff like that where they'll say like this person's going to be in this movie. But the movie's coming out in 6 months so it has to they had to have known that already. That yeah. they they're, they're delivering this news in this yeah. manufactured way mm-hmm. and laying this all out in this like plan and I think that should stop. I think that it should be a little shorter. I think it should be like Instead of a year and a half, it like, maybe it should be like Ten Cloverfield like, Lane. Like, yeah, it should be a year to six months tops. Well, I love it when bands do that. Tops. I love it when somebody's like, "We got a new album coming out next month," and you're like, oh, yeah. "Awesome!" I could totally do without all the ramp up. It's great. Let me ask you a question: Do you think it would make a difference if somebody knew that uh, the Infinity Wars was coming out in five months versus a year? If if you knew if you knew right if it was advertised right then boom coming out in four months coming out in five months i don't think it would be make a difference in terms of 
how they yeah who knows did. They I, think, I think you're probably right but I don't know maybe there is some effect of just it being in the ether and people talking about it you know but I, I but I see yeah. what you're saying I even five a, months like it's yeah. getting to the point where if a movie's a half a year away and you haven't seen a full trailer for it you start to go like what's up with this film <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. what I mean like yeah. why are they withholding footage or it'll literally get smashed in a news cycle yeah. like it, right. it'll get kind of yeah. Another trailer yeah. will come out. You're like, fuck that movie. What about this movie? Listen to this segue. Well, this next film had a trailer that looked good, and yeah. then we went to go see it. So what did you guys think of Jungle Book? <laughs> <laughs> I like your NPR yeah, transition. That's how it works. Yeah. Man, incredible. I loved it. Incredible. Voice acting I, was on point. I mean, it was such a spectacle, too. And it really I think was, that, that was something that I, I, I kind of knew... And I kind of there are still ways in which the CGI, like certain mm-hmm. animals look better than others, certain yeah. characters were more interesting than others. Yeah. But in general, the level of character and reality that and love that was put into that film, I think, yes. is very. It, yeah, it, it was an experience. I didn't have a lot of preconceived notions. I, 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 I guess I would say the movie didn't seem to know whether it was trying to be a readaptation of the Kipling stories or if it was trying to just be an update of the animated Disney version yeah. which changed a lot of things like I think a lot of people that love the Kipling stories see the Disney version as kind of a dumbed down version yeah. mm-hmm. and I mean that's that's what it is right. movie adaptations are usually seen that way and I, I think we all know that film has I mean we all probably have yeah. moments we love and there's so, some of the best songs in the whole Disney catalog are from that film Absolutely. so I mean I'm not knocking the film but it is a simplified version of the book yeah and a much more friendly version of the of the book. It's also probably less uh, political. I mean, Kipling was kind of a weird colonial <laughs> racist guy, so maybe there were some weird political things they wean out as well. But I wasn't sure I quite understood whether the movie was trying to lean into the cartoon or or kind of make you forget about it. And mm. I thought that the musical moments were okay, but they weren't my favorite part of this film. Like the, I thought that the the scene with the big song in it this time actually. It kind of like I was waiting for that part to be over. I was much more interested in the the, in the, the visuals stuff. and the action and yeah. just the movement and the story and the nostalgia part for the cartoon in particular. Like I, I was like, yeah, Christopher Walken isn't singing that as well. You know, I love that he was. It was kind of like, I, but I don't know. I just I like it's such it was... a great. But it's so pales. If go back and listen to the original. Oh, the original yeah, yeah. is a fucking yeah, work of absolutely. art. This is like Granddad getting up uh, and doing karaoke or something. <laughs> that's what I. Th- that's uh-huh. I. Feel, I really feel like John Favreau like did that on purpose. Like there's something about the the like weirdness of somebody just singing a song in the middle of something happening. Yeah, especially an I intimidating felt, figure. You yeah, know? yeah, I felt it a lot more in this movie than I did. I mean, like. Mm-hmm. Like King Louis, yeah. hold on. Was King Louis that big? King Louis was like a fairly. They, they tall... decided to make him a gigantopithecus, I believe, okay. which is the because they wanted a giant character, right? But like that in King the original Louis story, he's just big. an orangutan. Yeah, he's just, all right, that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not a magic because I hadn't seen the movie since I was a kid. Right. But yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was good. It, the things that it did well, it did really well. I think that didn't feel like a kids' movie, man. Dog is scratching himself in a crate that's knocking on the floor. That's awesome. Yeah, we have a dog now, everybody. So in addition oh. to cats that jump up on Ronald and Steve's lap during random moments of the show, right. we might hear whining or scratching. Or, um, but um, no, I. What were you just saying? You feel like a kids' movie? Yeah. No, it. You know, it was odd. I th- actually, I would say it was in a good way. And speaking of a kids' movie, I. How did you guys feel about the kid? Outside of the fact that the wig could have been better, and we all know that. 
But I, like, how, how did we feel about the kid? I didn't have any issue with him. I liked the kid. I didn't like you the You didn't leg. like the kid? I felt like as the days went by, I realized that he seemed like a kid on a back lot. Like, you think so? He was, I don't know, he was cute and he wasn't <laughs> yeah. bad. Like, he wasn't a bad actor. That's not what I'm saying. Like, he didn't ruin scenes the way that, he didn't torpedo the movie the way a truly bad performance would have you, done. I just feel like in the end, and this is going to sound very strange to say, but I just didn't believe, <laughs> I just didn't believe that he was a kid, the feral kid that was raised by animals. Like, he seemed like a kid wearing, like, it seemed like, like, but the wig and the little, the little, whatever you call that, you know, the little loincloth or whatever, like, it felt too costumey. Like, that didn't take me you out of the so? movie too much, but it didn't feel like the rest of the, the animals were really cool and majestic and interesting, yeah. and I felt like the kid was just okay. But he didn't sink it for me. The, the kid didn't, so I imagine that if somebody was going from being raised by wolves to, you know, I, I think that this, played on the idea that he was a little more brave in this one. Yeah. And I remember him being in the jungle. This kid was nothing really scared him. Well this is this movie he didn't, had a... he didn't really like he was sad more than he was scared. Yeah. And that was fucking weird. If if you get a if you see these large things that you've never seen before, you'd be a little scared. And I didn't <laughs> think that came across very well at all. And that might have to do with the wolf, whole wolf thing. Yeah, maybe being raised amongst yeah, the animals yeah. made him but less freaked out there's something really nature. weird about having a kid not be scared about damn near anything. And nothing really... It was like, oh, I might fall. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like, this is crazy. <laughs> right. All of this is crazy. Well, maybe that is part of him. We see at the beginning that he's like already like yeah. running around through the tree. Right. So maybe he's just a really, yeah, really he's brave a little wild brave kid. Brave little <laughs> well-adjusted kid. And that's it. I think mm-hmm. that's the whole fair. He didn't look. D- You're expecting more of Spot from The Good Dinosaur. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, what about that? He got clean so easily. It was weird. I get why you said it was a co- It felt like a costume. It was like he would, he would, get, he would fall into a big thing of mud. And he would like wash himself so easily. You're like, man, is that how you clean yourself? You just. But at least you saw him washing himself. <laughs> yeah, you right. just wipe yourself and it's just gone. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, they that's try. How, that's how it happens. I, if I ever see someone get dirty in one scene and then clean in another scene, I'm always like, they must have cut out the scene where they wash themselves. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Because that's time, the scene. That's time. what I like to watch. No, I, you know, it definitely swept me away and it did that thing. And, I, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is that was a little, like, episodic about the story, it all felt like it was part of the story. Like, yeah. I, you're dipping into this vibe, I thought. You know, there's a certain kind of. Again, even though it doesn't really mimic the stories exactly as Kipling wrote them, it had that feeling of like a collection of tales about yeah. this character. And yeah. I, I I thought that part was... I mean, it was a certain amount of movie magic that just put a smile on my face, you know? And I went from thinking I was a little tired of Bill Murray before this film to in the middle of his performance going, <laughs> no, he's doing a great job. I thought so that was good. a great vocal oh, performance. Absolutely. And the animation, the way they gave the bear a little bit of Bill Murray. Yeah. Um, and But the, the MVP of vocal performances was Idris Elba. Yes. Oh, yes, incredible. So much so that I almost kind of started to side with him a little bit. Yeah, I was like, "Hey guys, this is the yeah, natural boy. order. Yeah. Just because he's been off hunting somewhere else doesn't mean he's not the biggest badass." You know, he casually th- that scene. I know what hey, when look, he does something very heinous and he does it so casually and so quickly. Yeah, and and doesn't, the movie doesn't even stop he to notice it. He doesn't look at the damage that he caused. Yeah. I thought that was so amazing. Well, later we see bones being picked clean, and I thought that was a really grim. You know, yeah. the, the 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 Kipling stories are all about like admiring the power of the tiger, and mm-hmm. like I don't mean that Shere Khan is a bad guy, but the stories definitely deal with that idea of like the natural world is powerful and majestic, and when the right. alligator kills the the wildebeest or whatever, 
he's conquering it and you have to admire that power. That's somewhere in the stories. And I think oh, that the reason yeah. that why the Disney version always seems sanitized to people is because it does make it kind of friendly. And even within the stories, like it's not a it's not a friendly world. And the way Kipling kind of created personalities for the animals, where they're doing things like killing each other and eating each other, but they're also able to be friends and have different relationships. That, I thought yeah. the movie did a neat job of expressing that. The way I think that so too. when Shere Khan comes and hangs out with the wolves, they're just sort of like, well, we can't get him to leave. Yeah. He's just kind of hanging <laughs> yeah. out with them. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just, I mean, of course he's bullying them, but it's still just like this is how it is in the natural world, folks. It. Like yeah. this guy, if he decides, if the if the tiger decides he wants to sit where the wolf is sitting, the wolf's going to have to yeah. adjust to that. Especially when he's literally slapping people in the face. Yeah. Which he does a lot. So did you notice that was Giancarlo Esposito yeah. as the wolf? Did you for a second think it was just a repeat of Jeffrey Wright's performance from The Good Dinosaur? <laughs> Comes back to good dinosaur. He had a little bit more oomph to his character. I liked it, he though. was better, but because Jeffrey Wright, you'll recall, sounded like someone shot him with a tranquilizer dart before he started doing the performance. I but, didn't even know it was Jeffrey Wright until I yeah. read it. But he was so. But Giancarlo Esposito was good. But he it had good. that same effect of like, here's the stern father figure, and all of his line readings were like, "I want you yeah. to be good." It was weird. It, and then hearing Idris's, "I will kill I your infant you, daughter." Sam last night. <laughs> Last night, how amazing their voices sounded together, though. Mm-hmm. Idris and that guy's voice, like, he just, did something like Giancarlo Esposito. Giancarlo Esposito. But the vocal performances pretty much across the board were good. So good. Even, even the one that felt the most wedged in from a story standpoint, which was Scarlett Johansson as yes. Ka, that was still a good scene, and she yeah. was good. Like, yeah. that character's supposed to be kind of in your head, yeah. you know? And I thought that was... And again, in the stories, Ka's more like... A player, and he's almost like an ally of sorts. And I feel like the movie did turn that into just a little. We got to get that character in. Yeah. But still, visually, that part where you, if you're watching closely, you can see the big lumpy pieces that Going almost look like shot. tree branches, yeah. but then you see that it's yeah. moving in the background. And you see the snakes all around him. That That's, was really cool. That scene where he's like getting when he's getting hypnotized mm-hmm. played a lot better in this movie than it did on a cartoon. <laughs> I thought it was a little too wonky on a cartoon. It's like. Did you feel that way as a kid or as an adult? As a kid too. Oh, really? As a kid, I, I was like, "What?" See, that was the moment when I thought the kid, the kid <laughs> bugged just... me the most was when he was trying to act hypnotized when he was the one. <laughs> but at least, the, you know, I liked the way they, I liked the way they did the uh, the flashlight, not flashlight, the flashback. I liked the way they did the going into her eyes and it yeah. comes out oh, yeah, cave. That was that was neat. Yeah. I think John Favreau. I did hear someone say this film was like beautifully realized, but that it wasn't like imaginatively realized yeah and i do think there may be some tr- truth to that except for the fact that there are certain points where visually it's so like astonishing i think it was almost like a conscious choice to try to make it seem just real a little heightened but real as yeah. opposed to taking full advantage of everything you could do with the staging because there's a yeah. scene at the end like up in the trees over a fire um there's several scenes that are visually just like oh my god you know how you couldn't do this any other way and the animal action i mean you, there's just no way you would have approximated anything like this film without going full cgi yeah that's, you know that's if you were even trying to use animatronics for some of it wouldn't have really made a lot of sense right and you certainly couldn't have trained real animals to do anything close to this in order to then use cgi to augment it you yeah. know and the way the animals are treated on a set i anytime i hear someone complaining about the overuse of cgi I think this movie is a good example of why, if you if you want to tell this story, the notion of doing it without involving an actual animal right. is actually really cool. You yeah, know? absolutely, it is. It's not like as opposed to someone who might like might be mad that we took jobs away from real animals or something. But like, <laughs> I don't know if that person's out there. But I, th- I you know, John Favreau, I, I feel like his. It's cool to see his career and see that he goes and makes a movie like Chef 
and then comes back and makes a movie like this. Absolutely. I mean, I, 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 it's not a perfect career. There's definitely some some missteps on there, but I think that he's an interesting guy who clearly can handle a, a just a a big movie like this. Yeah, I I, I suggest anybody that has a heart in that chest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I, I actually I like the trailer. Like we were just to kind of circle back. Like I I feel like I was not really excited about the movie though. Mm-hmm. Like I I love the original animated film, but and the, mainly for the music, I guess you're right. But uh, I don't know. Just like as the trailers came out, I wasn't really like being sold on the movie. I mm-hmm. think I was really concerned about all of the CGI and the fact that like the kid is really the only live action part of this production. But I, I you know, I I bought into it completely within mm-hmm. like 15 minutes of the movie. Mm. Well, I went from thinking it sounded like a terrible idea are they really doing that to thinking the trailer looked pretty good do you know what i mean so like to and, me and now we almost feel that way do you feel that way about this whole like disney like live action slate that they're rolling out i mean i, I feel yeah. like how, how do you not at least give them the benefit of the doubt now we're gonna That's have a, a have, we're gonna have to have a conversation about this after we've seen a few more of these because i don't know i after this movie i was like the, i see this working this was great for this film I don't know what's going to be great for every film, but the, thus far, everyone they've mentioned, you can kind of see is the BFG why they might... movie a Disney one? Yeah, but it's not, it's a, not a not a redo a of anything. Yeah, we're That's talking. a Spielberg. Film. Yeah, we're talking like okay. Peach. Dra- I mean, uh, yeah, Peach Dragon, Dumbo, Dumbo. Whoa, whoa, Peter whoa. Pan. They're doing Dumbo. Tim Tim Burton's doing Dumbo. Oh my Dumbo. god, that's going to be and, crazy. And who's doing Peter Pan? They just said it like last week. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, these movies might be. I mean, it's no different in a sense than. I mean, you could just picture the dollar signs over at Disney. Them going like, if we can make this Dude, kind of Disney is fucking killing. If we can, but I mean, if they can make their own properties, like they've they've shown it with Marvel and Star Wars, that they're able to make these mass entertainments that are not seemingly bogged down by that Disney baggage. Yeah, and it seems to me like Jungle Book is a step in that direction of a movie that Disney can sell with the confidence that they can sell a Captain America movie or a Star Wars movie by saying, look, folks, Jungle Book. You know what I mean? They've got that yeah. major name recognition. They've got and, yeah. and they've got the apparatus to, to get it out to everybody. And they've got the polish and this. I mean, John Favreau doing this, he could easily... I mean, he's already done a Marvel film. Yeah. John Favreau could easily be named to direct a Star Wars film and everyone would think that made perfect sense. Yeah. You know, the fact that... You know, and Kenneth Branagh doing uh, uh, Cinderella. Yeah. I just think that it's... I, I can see, and Tim Burton doing Dumbo, you know, after a few more of these, maybe it will see, I mean, it's just, it won't seem like slumming to do a live action remake of an animated Disney film. Whereas a few years ago, or even a few months ago, if you told me that, I'd be like, that just sounds like a terrible step for yeah. a filmmaker to take. And I still think Tim Burton doing Dumbo, I'm like, what the fuck is going on with nuts. his career? But um, <laughs> no, I just think it's interesting that these movies could, you know, the next big tentpole that you're really excited about could be uh, some director that you really like getting an old Disney property to redo. That's yeah. just a strange, it is strange thought. It feels like they're taking a, I don't know, there's a lot of confidence in the material and, and they do know, even though Jungle Book has been remade uh, or didn't they make like live action versions in the 90s yeah. with Brandon Lee or something? Was that Jason Jungle Lee. Book Jason Lee. Was it? Did they call it Jungle oh, Book too, or they dead. just call it Jungle Book? Wow, Shit. dude! Well done, John. Like, yeah, sorry, didn't mean to bring everybody down. Jason Lee, Jason Lee. So, that was okay. Jason Lee, Jason In Lee as, as Mowgli. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was a guy from Dragon to Bruce Lee story. Isn't that Jason, Jason Lee? Lee? That's Jason Lee. There's not Jason Lee from uh, like Kevin Smith's world. That guy's dead. No, Brandon, Brandon Lee. Oh, Bruce Jesus Lee's Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. What the fuck just happened? <laughs> just got into a Deadpool. Most confusing oh uh, tangent ever. Is he still alive? Brandon Lee? No, Jason <laughs> Lee. Yes, Jason Lee from Jungle Book 
right. is, and Dragon. Does Bruce he Lee still, still do alive. movies? Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't talked to him in a while. He was great on My Name is Earl. That's all I know. He was on My Name is Earl? <laughs> Shit, no. Uh, <laughs> I've never watched that show. He, he goes, oh, he that's now, the other. You okay. know what? Obviously, he now goes by Jason Scott Lee to prevent this shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's he's actually, he actually tried to save this he's podcast. Still, he's, still in, he's still in movies. <laughs> okay, so he's in the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon sequel that oh, Netflix really? is producing. Oh, wow. See? There Did that come out Netflix. Yet? It's all connected, this guys. Year. So, what does this mean for Andy Serkis's directorial debut? It's fucked. Doing Jungle Book over. You think at, so? Who, who's Warner got Brothers? Warner Brothers. You think it's fucked? It's all downhill from Warner Brothers. Yeah. Well, at least not downhill. I mean, I think it'll still come out and it'll still make money, but nothing is going right for Warner Brothers. Yeah. yeah. They had to have known that this Jungle Book was fucking good, because like literally two weeks before it comes out, they announced they were pushing Andy Serkis's back an entire year. Now the what? two projects were kind of announced at the same time, yes. Yes. and I remember hearing that Disney was going to remake Jungle Book maybe after I had heard Andy Serkis was working I I on too. a mocap version, and it sounded to me like a cool movie for him to direct because it would be like this: it would be all CGI, and it would be him working with other actors maybe to create some really cool yeah. performances. Definitely. And it seemed like oh, that might be a cool way to do this. And who knows? Maybe their goal was to go back to the original text and make a movie that would be very different. Different from this. Oh, okay. So, but it's just yeah. Why fuck. should it exist now? It just will seem such like a Johnny Come Lately now. To Did the, you read the Warner the Brothers like uh, rep talking about it because the movie's so innovative in the the, the well, Andy Sir- yeah Andy Circus's like tweet about it like, like made me cringe yeah like I, I I'm a fan like I understand yeah, yeah. his craft like this is what his like yeah. bread and butter is but like no the way he talked about it was just like. You know, I can't say enough about Warner Brothers' decision to allow us to tap into the whatever the fuck description he gave out. Yeah. He's like, you're making the Jungle Book. You're making yeah. another Jungle Book. Right. And you got beat mm-hmm. by Disney again. You know, what's happening? You know, like, I don't know. Like, I, and, and, you know, if it's you look at that compete. film, it's, it's got an like entirely Disney, different yeah. vibe, too. So, I mean, and, and that maybe the distance time-wise. I mean, you're talking, you know, at least two years from now. People will forget about it. You know, but... You know, I don't know. I, it, I guess it, it could do well if it's different if enough. It's good and it looks good, but now it's almost like they're going to have to make the difference, the distinction that makes yeah. you know what I mean. The marketing is going to have to be about showing you what the difference is, even if this movie is relatively forgotten. <laughs> but what's interesting about that as well is that Andy Serkis is kind of in. I mean, he's in the the Disney folds because he's in Star Wars and he's in. Uh, he was in Age of Ultron and is rumored to be in the Black Panther movie because you know he was in. So I'm oh, just right, saying it's right. got to be weird to be like working for the studio that you're also going up against. I wonder yeah. if there's ever – I wonder if, if at this point he would just be glad to be shed of the project. Like at some yeah. point you would be like, yeah. please, can I be associated with something else, something so, else. so that it doesn't yeah. just sound sad when you hear about it, you know? You can bring other properties that haven't been done to life. Yeah. That's, that's cool. I don't, I, don't, I don't need everything to be original. Right. If you have some property that's just kind of sitting around. He, do, he does have one hand up <laughs> over this movie already though. He has – a better Mowgli, I think. He's got the kid from Bad Words. Oh, R- really? Yeah, Rohat Shand or whatever his name is. If that kid was in this movie, and now see, that's Disney... what I'm saying. That kid has a real feel on he screen. Does. Yeah. He does. It would have been a lot of fun to watch him react with some of those more. characters. Whereas this kid was kind of holding his own, all right. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you put it that way. I Speaking get it. of a kid who's holding his own, all right. Uh, did you guys? That could go in so many wrong directions. <laughs> but did anyone else see Midnight Special? Yes. What did you guys think of Midnight yes. Special? I didn't like it as much as Steve, but I really did like it. What, so you liked it a lot? I did. I liked I did it, a, like lot it a lot, too. See, I want maybe help from you guys, because I saw it, mm-hmm. but I saw a late screening, oh. and I was so tired. Oh, no. And I didn't, I didn't fall asleep, 
But I do think it's the kind of movie that the very things about it you that are very it. interesting and very good are not going to work for you if you're fighting like yeah, not at all. sleep. No, like, not really. I, because it's what's cool about it is it's unusual quality. The fact that it throws you in and it's not giving you a lot of detail, and then it mm-hmm. cuts to another set of characters, and you kind of have to follow what's going on with them, and you're putting it together. And then, it, but it takes its time with that stuff. And I feel like if I had seen this movie with, if I could have taken an hour long nap and then watched the movie, I would have been going, "Oh, this is incredible," and I would have right. been leaning in. Um, but if I had, in the state that I was in, I think that I was kind of going like. I know this movie has an hour and a half left in it, you know, wow. and I hate that feeling. Yeah, but, but it was so, like I thought Michael Shannon was doing some interesting things, and I thought that um, what's his name Edgerton Edgerton was doing. I mean, I, I enjoyed everything, but I almost feel like I came out of it going, "I need to go home and go to bed." Not like, "All right, that was a movie I just saw." Yeah. Have you ever done that? Like, yeah, definitely. Like, do, what do you think that does to your impression of a movie? I don't want to oh, over it fucks it up. I don't want to make that the only thing <laughs> we mention about bit. this film, but I, so yeah, it fucks it up a little bit. Yeah, it, it, it definitely has. So a, it's like I need to see it again. Technically, right. I need to see it again to actually say what I think about it. But, yeah. um, but really interesting movie. And it was really interesting. I, I love that it created like a mythology and a, a sort of storyline that you just haven't seen. And it told. It seemed like it was trying very hard not to show you the scenes that you've seen before in this type of film. We were talking about this last night. Like, it it, it I, I it's kind of movie like I mentioned to you guys too in, in our Facebook thread. Like, it's it is definitely the kind of movie where you're. Your response to the third act of the film makes or breaks, you know, your enjoyment or like oh, yeah. you saying you like a lot or dislike this movie. In my mm-hmm. opinion, the lack of scenes that you're talking about, John, is like I think what the mo of like Jeff Nichols. That, that's what his movies are. Like his movies. If you've seen Mud or Take Shelter, both incredible films. If you haven't seen them, I highly recommend them. He's not a director that really gives a shit about narrative. Like mm-hmm. he really doesn't give you exposition. Mm. He really doesn't explain things through dialogue that much at all. And I personally love that. I like kind of trying to follow it. I, I like trying too. like to figure it out, mm-hmm. to kind of connect dots that weren't already given to me or find dots that were not even on the map, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um again, I agree like great performances, Joel Edgerton, Michael Shannon. I I don't I don't I mean, he's like a Jeff Nichols I don't know, Muse or whatever. Like he's in a lot if not all of his films. Or most of his films, um, I just like seeing Michael Shannon play more of a a sympathetic character yeah. who's not quite as doomed feeling as most. It seems like in most films that I see yeah. him in, he's like a really intense yeah, no, doomed you're, character. You're absolutely right. And it was nice seeing him play a character, even though I think you look at Michael Shannon and you're w- you're wondering like what's going on here. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I thought that that uh, that character and the way that it unfolds, like it really is. It's I don't know. I I, I it's exactly what you said, Steve. I like a movie that forces you to kind of pay, like piece it together to like see what details there, and then realize, oh wait, these characters are talking about the same person, or these characters are talking about the same thing. I thought that part of it was really cool. But you have to be okay with not getting all the pieces. Yeah. yeah. Like because this is not a movie that gives yeah. that. And I it, mean, people like some friends that have seen it like outside of here. That's the biggest, you know, criticism is is that like so I don't really understand like what what happened, you know, mm-hmm. like they're like well, so what's that mean? And I think that's the kind of thing like you you are in the story for the part of this story that you're dropped into. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know all of the story before it or all of the story that was happening outside of the shots that you saw or mm-hmm. the story that comes after it. Really, you know, there there was maybe a couple parts that I mean, not to spoil anything, that like I kind of I. I that I kind of sit on a little more to wonder about, which is um, which parent goes with him into the field 
Mm-hmm. That I'd like to talk to you guys about, maybe without spoiling it on here, because <laughs> it's just like a really, it's like a really interesting thing to talk about, you know, and why, why they decided to do it the way they did, mm-hmm. and I definitely see why. I think I understand why, but just just good conversation points. And I mean, I think like movies like this that really tap into just like people that just really believe in something, mm-hmm. that really, uh, you know, they're basically like willing to risk yeah. everything for, you know, and and yeah. and at the root of that, for most people, the one thing that most people would risk everything. for for his family. Yeah. And like, it's a really great theme to explore in this like sci-fi realm um, without going too heavy on the drama, too heavy on the sci-fi. And I think mm-hmm. it balanced it pretty nicely. Yeah. Well, a lot of films that have those elements of genre, but not full on genre, uh, uh, you know, that aren't full on genre films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they kind of pussyfoot around what those genre elements might be or they don't fully go in for them. But right. this movie, like it was happening around the edges, but when it does go in for the genre stuff, it's like mind-blowing yeah. stuff where you're yeah. like, okay, there's some, I, mean, I guess anything I say right now would technically be a spoiler. Yeah. This is such a mysterious film. I don't want to do that. But the the particular kind of sci-fi idea that they're getting into is never really fully elucidated in the movie, but you can attach what happens in the movie to sort of existing mythology or tropes Definitely. you know and yeah. you can say oh it's about a blank and a thing that th- you know it's a it's about a blank who does this but that's not even what the movie's telling you and yeah. i think that's what you're saying that i find so compelling about Absolutely. it is that it seems like it's defining its own new thing it's as though when someone like reverse engineers a, a, a ghost story or a vampire story or a you know whatever an alien story and and they do it in such a way that you go oh i guess this is technically uh that type of story but yeah. they do it in such an interesting way that it feels like it's its own new thing like i i love that like for me i think that's what genre films need is Absolutely. that where you feel like the camera is following real characters in a real world and this there's just this stuff going on you know yeah. and this They're... movie did a really good job of being kind of sneaky with how it revealed the imagery that like when it suddenly like when you suddenly go oh there's something going on in this film yeah. there's no question that it's like there's no other way to read into what's going on but you don't fully know what's going on you yeah. know the way this kid connects with people and stuff, but and the gas station scene, I yeah, thought was incredible. Yeah, yeah the visuals oh, of that. Oh god, that's like the, that's like that genre piece that you're talking about. Like when it, it doesn't tiptoe around. Like when it hits, those yeah. scenes really show. Like there, there's definitely genre in this film. Yeah. yeah, and if you like that, that that kind of stuff plays really well. I and mean, it actually had a Spielbergy oh, feel to absolutely. it. I mean, like the way it was shot and like everything. Amblin, yeah, everything. Talks but like about the way that. the FBI guy and the kind of scientists were working together, and yeah. they, the way when they show up, yeah. they're they're sort of like villains, but they're also sort of like the way in a Spielberg movie those characters would be like bureaucrats or people just trying to do a job. Yeah, and that what makes like the you know they're definitely opposed to our heroes. They're tracking them down, trying to figure out what's going on with them, but but they're not like mustache twirling villains. Yeah. You know, I just definitely. think that that was really cool. That's the guy from Boardwalk, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Mickey. Mickey, I love that guy. I think he voice. was also in Mud. Really, you know, Jeff Nichols film Mud. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we just got a message from our guest from our next episode Ooh. saying that they were five minutes out. So oh, cool. very cool. So we're not going to reveal who that is, but we did just tip off that we're going to have a guest on our next. It's episode. not yeah. Michael Shannon though. It's not it Michael is, Shannon. How however, crazy would that be? There may be some commonality in the names. We'll maybe, just, yeah. maybe, yeah. That's exciting. Maybe Molly Shannon. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Wait and see. Wait and maybe. see. But that, that also gives us a nice little countdown to when we need to wrap up this episode. So mm-hmm. does anybody have anything else they want so to this, say this about this? This whole Midnight episode special? was a whole lot of good heads. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm going to just throw a, a uh, wait, wait, what, what is it? Hold up. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Hold up. No, um, <laughs> go ahead. It's, it, I, I, it's, wait for it. Right. Hold up. Exactly. Wait mm-hmm. for it I'll is give the middle. Wait for up. it means wait. Okay. Criminal. Oh, really? Hold up. Really? Hold up, hold up. <laughs> and the Huntsman Winner's War. 
Hold up. Hold up, really? Oh, in the movies, yeah, definitely hold up. Hold up. Well, see, Super but does hold it, does up. It, does no, 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 no. Isn't that the wait definition of a wait for it? it. Yeah, let, let's give that one a well, wait for it. it. Let's look. I, I didn't see it, but I'm imagining what you're saying is if you think you might want to see this movie, right. if wait you, for it. If you enjoy either Chris Hemsworth or the ladies yes. or, or the fellas. Yeah. Probably a lot of And fellas. or the Holy Trinity oh, of Shalise Saran, Emily Blunt, or Jessica Chastain, then, then that's probably a go ahead. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, there's not much for no. to enjoy. But those are some big pluses. Yeah, absolutely. But I would say that this is the kind of movie that someone would say from a mile away, this looks like garbage, I don't want to see it. It is. Okay, that's what it I'm is. saying. It but is. if it looks like fun to you, it almost also looks dumb enough to be kind of campy and fun. And I was wondering, does oh, it succeed it at that at all? It has a lot of everything. See, I think it's, it does. It's so campy. I think it does. See, I think I might enjoy it on cable one day. Yeah, yeah. I did that you would. So that's a way for it. Yeah. Yeah. Officially. But it's also kind of a, we, we know what kind of movie we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. That's why I like our rating system. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. It's so scientific. <laughs> it pisses me off when you can figure out the plot within 10 minutes of the movie starting. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. I know everything that's going to happen. Down to the timing of it. It's like, yeah. oh, that's that person. Yeah. This is that happening. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I'm shitty. But never will I complain about seeing so much Jessica Chastain. I love her, man. She, like, all, I love all three of them, but for some reason, last night, when we when we saw this movie... She just overtook my. Yeah, she my, has my some being. magic. She's got she's got something there, John. Oh, yeah. I don't know. No, I've been a fan of hers. Yeah, me too. I, I remember actually she escalated when we went time. to go see Mama. I remember oh, there was yeah. a group of people talking about how she looked bad in the film. She wasn't that cute anyway, and she looked bad with black hair. And I was walking up to that group of people about to say like, "Is anybody else foaming at the mouth because of how hot <laughs> Jessica Chastain looked <laughs> with amazing. dyed black hair?" You know. Yeah. But but I, it's one of those times where you see it's like you feel like the kid in school who's about to say yeah. the thing that's going to make him an outsider. Yeah. And I just realized it's like no, I can take these feelings <laughs> home with me. But I thought she looked awesome. Yeah, she, she's. Beautiful. But she's also a good actress. I'm, yeah, I'm not I, trying I, to. I, I'm not trying to. No, no, no. To be I, a total I, pig about I, it. I'm a fan of all of her movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of one of my favorite movies two years ago was History of Violence. Oh uh, my god! I, that was uh, amazing. No. Uh, not a not history, history of violence. Uh, a violent, the oh, most violent year. Most violent year. Yeah. She's Ooh, that movie that. was so yeah. good. So good. She's so good in that uh, movie. That right. movie had such a good. Maybe pace we do a into Jessica it. Chastain episode. Yeah, sure. I don't mind doing Chastain that. Sh- <laughs> Chastain. <laughs> Chastain. Well, before we wrap up, uh, you know, because we have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You wanted to mention Ronald something new, some new way to get access to movies. Yeah. Movie, I think movie movies now on Google Music. If you use the service, um, is it officially called Google Music? Is that the new name, or I, I don't know it what it's changes, officially called? Yeah, I think it's Google, Google Music. Google Play Music, formerly known as Google Play. Yeah, but okay. it's Google Music. Okay, Google. The, Music. the best thing about this is that you don't have to download. You can it, right? stream it. Streaming it. Mm-hmm. So if and you don't want to take ownership of anything that we've right. ever put yeah. out there, you could just stream the shit out of it, like you stream music. Mm-hmm. So working on that. Hopefully, get on some other streaming stuff soon. Working on that too. So. We want to be available to you people. Cool. Yeah, and and then you know, like we is that always offensive to say you people when I just mean our audience. <laughs> you people. <laughs> We're always on iTunes, so you can always still find us there. But the streaming option is nice for people yeah. like John who don't want anything downloading to their devices. Jesus anymore. Christ! Don't put anything yeah. on my device anymore. <laughs> anti, anti. Yeah. Right, right. But because uh, if I can't take a picture because it says <laughs> I'm out of space, space. <laughs> I'm gonna flip out. <laughs> Goddamn. Especially when it's your own podcast. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> what was I thinking? Can't do it. 
Uh, so if you whatever platform you see us on, listen to it, download it, however you can, and and leave us a comment or a review or some kind. Let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys have anything else to throw, no, I think throw that's in? It. Well, then as always, you've made our day. Thanks a lot. Woo!